0: Welcome back to the Take Me Later podcast for this one, which was episode 18. Alex Burns of Roto Baller joined me to discuss our picks in a recent Dynasty Mock draft that Josh Lloyd hosted. It was the On Fantasy Basketball Dynasty Mock. Did a live show with Matt Lawson, which was excellent, great analysis. Uh, before we get into that discussion and my talk with Alex, uh, I just wanted to remind you to subscribe to my Substack, stack, Um, I was doing three articles a week and a podcast, but the past few weeks have been busy for me uh, with just life things and now getting started with content for the uh, NBC Sports Roto World draft guide uh, that'll be coming out. I don't even know when, but starting to do content for that. So that's where a lot of my time is going to be for the next month or probably two. So that probably means uh, less written work on my Substack. I may still get to some when I can, uh, but it'll still be a great place to get updates whenever a podcast episode releases, which I'm going to try and maintain every Friday. Um, Hopefully, or maybe as a result of less written work, I will do more podcasts, maybe twice a week. uh, Once or twice a week is probably about where I'm at Um, and just probably won't say it consistent twice a week, but we'll see. Maybe we'll do more than that to make up for the lack of written work. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter or X at Ribbon 22 Ask me any fancy questions or just anything else. You don't even have to ask a question. You can just kind of make a comment. I'm happy to uh, engage in any sort of conversation. Um, and then if you can also like and subscribe or rate this podcast uh, wherever you consume it, And I think that's kind of usually what I hit on before these podcasts as far as reminders. Uh, So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. All right, welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast. I'm your host No Rubin, and this is episode 18. And this time we're going to be going through a recent mock draft that Josh Lloyd hosted uh, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. It was a dynasty mock draft. Him and Matt Lawson had a great breakdown, a live breakdown, really going through as we went through uh, 300 picks. They gave their immediate thoughts, which Props to them to give their thoughts and set up a queue because that's hard to do. Uh, but to go through this, I'm joined by roto ballers,
1: Alex Burns and Alex, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. I'm excited to talk some hoops. I know it's beginning of August. We got a a month and a half before training camp and there's not a lot of stuff right now, but, uh, I love your work. Um, been, I think we've been connecting on Twitter for a couple of months here and, uh, Man, I'm just excited to
0: talk some hoops. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you mentioned we talking on Twitter for a few months, but really recently Derek White just has us engaged. Oh, we, have been, man. we have been conversing and, you know, fighting the war really of explaining to everybody why they need to take Derek White this year, why he needs to be on your team. Obviously, you know, it's fun to exaggerate it, but before we even get into anything, what do you think about Derek White? this year? I think that's the most important thing we, that we need to talk about is, is Derek White this year.
1: 100%. Um, I think uh, some people got triggered on Twitter like two weeks ago when we said we were going to found the Derek White fan club, as if that wasn't a thing for years. Um, I, I think he's going to be a phenomenal fantasy value this year. I, I do believe that if, you know, it's fun to, to hype players up and stuff, but if it gets to the point where he's being taken in the first, I would say five rounds, and then you're like, oh, mm, for me, I would take him in the 70s. Um, so wherever that is, I'm, I'm terrible at math. Um, I have it ranked, I believe 72 right now. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be a more efficient Marcus smart. Um, it is important to note that he did start a lot of games last year for the Celtics. So, I mean, you know, I don't think his value is going to skyrocket from where it was last year, but I could see him, you know, producing a good amount of assists, good amount of threes, good defensive stats. He's one of the best shot blocking guards in the NBA. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Derek White this year.
0: Yeah, and this this won't be the Derek White podcast, so we won't go on for an hour about Derek White specifically. But we we have to get the conversation out of the way. We didn't mean to offend anybody by suggesting that we started the Derek White fan club. We're just humbled and honored to be able to hopefully be a part of it. Um, but yeah, he's definitely in for a big season. Um, he'll be their starting point guard. That doesn't mean that he's now the Trey Young or Luca of the team, and they're going to just spam Derek White pick and rolls. Like obviously, he's still going to be off the ball quite a bit, but. Should be a good situation for him to be really good for fantasy. Um, but Alex, before we get into this dynasty mock, uh, usually when it's, you know, somebody, I guess it's first time that I get a chance to talk to them on here. I like to, you know, know a little bit more about what got them started, how they got started. So if you can just tell us a little bit about what that was like for you, how long you've been writing when you got into it, how that opportunity presented itself.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I mean, obviously diehard NBA fan for my entire life, played sports growing up as a little kid, all throughout school. Um, really the end of 2019, I believe, or right in the beginning of when things started slowing down because of COVID-19. Um, I I got connected on Twitter and I, I saw some people putting out content. And I was like, you know, I wonder, I wonder if if I could do that. You know, I mean, I, I obsess over sports enough. I'm sure I could provide some sort of advice to people. And I I got connected with fantasy pros and I started out just writing blurbs for them, uh, news, player notes, things like that. Um, they call it the news desk. So uh, just if a player was going to miss a game, I would get on there and hey, you know, Aaron Gordon will not play because of an ankle injury, things like that. So uh, that's how I got my start. And, and one thing led to another, um, started doing some DFS, daily fantasy articles for NBA, did a couple NFL stuff, but really you know, hoops is my passion. Um, and it really just led from there. I got connected. I, I would say getting connected on Twitter with all the awesome people in the space has been the biggest thing for me too. just opens the door for more opportunities and and more stuff to be connected with. But uh, I would say COVID-19 pandemic really when things slowed down and we were all home a lot more. I think that was when I really just gravitated to to put out some advice and content on Twitter.
0: And we were talking about it briefly beforehand. You did the podcast with Adam Koffler, Dan Titus, and Zach Hanshoe. How does that group of four just come to form a podcast? Like what's the backstory behind that?
1: It's awesome. So we all four met on the Fantasy Pros News Desk. So we were all kind of got got our start. I mean, Zach had been, you know, more in the fantasy space. I think he was writing for I want to say it was like NBC, something with NBC was covering the saints or something like that. I could be butchering that completely. Sorry, Zach. Um, we were all the news desk all you know, connected there. And I think Dan Titus and Adam Kaufler had known each other previously, but uh, just all hit off. And I know if, if you're following or listening to this fantasy pros, does a lot of football content that's what drives the platform, but uh, we just wanted to pioneer some basketball content. And Zach was already doing a tremendous job leading the charge on that. So that's, yeah, that was what brought us together.
0: Yeah. And I know you're also very active on Twitter as a Heat fan. You literally, in your Twitter bio, insufferable Heat lifer. <laughs> um, what, I guess, what's kind of your earliest memory of being a Heat
1: fan? Oh, that's a good one. Um, probably t- t- 2004, I would say, Dwayne Wade's second season in the NBA. Uh, random game, regular season, watched him hit a game winner versus the Utah Jazz. I told my grandma, who was with me at the time, that I want a Wade jersey. got one, and then it was downhill ever since I was addicted.
0: There are worse teams to support. I know it's, you know, especially (laughs) since 2004, a handful of championships. Yeah, That's that's a lot of fun stuff. Would you say, I mean, I would imagine he is, but Dwayne Wade's your favorite Heat player of all time?
1: Absolutely. Nobody comes close. I mean – Lillard's probably gonna be right up there as soon as he gets traded <laughs> to Miami. Um, but I, I'll have to say, yeah, not even close. And, and really, if you ask a true Heat fan, like someone who was who was a fan pre-Lebron James days, um it's LeBron's not even in like the top five, probably in in people that you know have lists of their favorite Heat players. So uh definitely Dwayne Wade, definitely Jimmy Butler, and then we could go off from there. Okay. That's
0: yeah, I think that's a very valid, fair list. I was a Huge D Wade fan growing up. Uh, even though I'm a Hawks fan, I just really like D Wade. Um, so yeah, I think that's a very valid statement. I'd be pretty surprised if the majority of Heat fans didn't have D. Wade as their favorite player, but I was just curious. Just didn't know yeah. if you uh had a different opinion. But
1: oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you you uh I remember the Hawks man before we had the the big three. Um we had some battles in the in the playoffs like the first couple of rounds. Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, uh all those oh, I hated those guys for for a couple of weeks during the postseason there
0: <laughs> yeah that was uh kind of when i started being a hawks fan was probably 2009 2010 probably right before uh lebron and Bosch went to miami it's probably a season or two before that was when i really actually started following the nba so definitely jo- joe johnson josh smith al horford <laughs> jamal crawford mike bibby marvin Williams. i mean i can go on but like not yeah. that i was a die hard marvin williams fan but you know he's <laughs> He was on the team and yeah. when I started being a fan, so I'll never forget his name. So
1: I respect it. I respect yeah. it.
0: So we will now get into probably what more people are here for, even though I like our backstories. Probably more people are here to see how the Dynasty mock draft went and what we thought about our picks, kind of why we made our picks. Um, but yeah, I'm going to pull up the slideshow just to have a little graphic that way you're not just staring at our faces the entire time. And we will get into round one. I hope that the uh, font isn't too small. I thought it was bigger when I made the slide, Uh, but I have our picks underlined so that hopefully you can kind of figure it out. Uh, Alex, you drafted from the sixth spot. I drafted from the ninth spot. I guess if you're listening on podcasts on like some audio Spotify, Apple podcasts, whatever, you're not even seeing this. So I'll just kind of go through some of the picks. I probably won't do this for the entire 300 picks of the draft, But I will start us off um, by just kind of going through the first round. So Nikola Jokic went one, Luka Doncic two, Wemby went three, Jason Tatum four, LaMelo ball five, Halliburton, you took him at six, uh, SGA seven, Cade Cunningham eight, Anthony Edwards nine, Devin Booker 10, Chet Holmgren 11, and Joel Embiid 12. Not too many surprises in that round. Uh, Did you expect Halliburton to be there at six when we started this
1: draft? No. Um, and and through the first, I'd say seven picks, like the last three or you can even say last four were pretty surprising to me. I mean, I, the guys could be in that order, but I was shocked. And if, if you're not look, looking right now, Shea Gildas Alexander went uh, to Andrew at seven and I got Tyrese Halliburton at six. So I, I would, was floored that Shea did not go earlier after the season that he just had and you know, the, all the talk of him being the first, I don't even know what it was like $300 million or $400 million player or something like that. Um, but yeah, I was, I was shocked. I, I expected to get one of Jason Tatum, LaMelo or Tyrese, but I was, I was shocked that it was Tyrese.
0: Yeah. For me, it's a pretty clear top seven. Um, it's Jokic one, Luka two, Wemby three. I think that's pretty much the order it should be. And then some combo of Tatum, LaMelo, Halliburton and SGA mm-hmm. is the next four. Um, Orders probably just by preference by each individual. Um, I'm currently working on a updated dynasty rankings because I did a top 200, I believe at the end of June. And as I've gone through doing dynasty mocks, I realized I kind of hate my rankings outside of the top 50 or so players. So I'm going through and updating it, but that's kind of my top seven right there. And for me, Halliburton was at five. So great value. I think I'm just, Little higher on LaMelo than just because of the upside. But I think Halliburton mm-hmm. at six, great pick. Um, I think the only one for me, it's the top three, then the three guards, and then Tatum. Um, but I, there's absolutely taking Tatum at four is fine for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I went Anthony Edwards at nine. I have him at eight in my rankings. Uh, Cade went right before, which I have no problem with. I absolutely love Cade Cunningham. He has so much upside. I just wanted to go with somebody that can help me both win now and is super young. I think Anthony Edwards is finally the guy in Minnesota. It's not cat. It is Anthony Edwards. So he's going to have a big season and I believe he is 22. So Mm. he probably has at least another decade of fantasy dominance. And I, I, in my opinion, he should be going eight um, right after the top seven, he should be solidified at eight, but obviously you can go whatever direct, like, Taking Cade Cunningham, that's not a bad thing either. So what do you think about that?
1: I love it. I would have taken Anthony over Cade. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you. He's a bona fide star in the making, and he already is a star. But I would say he has all the tools to be a superstar in this league. And the only thing that makes me mad is just hearing the garbage news that came out earlier this week about uh, Team USA and how he was originally not in the starting five. He was coming off the bench i don't even know what that was about um and then the bench in their scrimmages were like killing the starting five because he was on it um i'm right there with you i I would have taken anthony edwards if i was in your spot
0: with team usa sometimes i feel like it's just kind of tradition to play mind games with the team to make them take games serious i feel like they shouldn't have to do that anymore with how good international teams are in comparison to when you know the dream team first started and it's like every win was by at Mm -hmm. least 40 points So it's like they shouldn't have to do that to make players take the game more serious, but maybe they do. I don't know. So I don't want to get into Team USA because, as I said, I'm a Hawks fan, and I don't need to get into a rant or express my frustrations about why Trey Young was left off the team because I'm either going to get totally proven wrong or it's just going to turn into a long (laughs) rant that nobody really wants to hear. So that's okay. Um, But we will go ahead and move into round two. Um, So we'll just – Roll through those picks. Jaron Jackson Jr. went 13, Trey Young at 14, Donovan Mitchell 15. I took Giannis at 16, Darius Gardland 17, Cat at 18, Evan Mobley at 19, Damanis Svotis 20, Scoot Henderson 21, Paolo Banquero, 22, Mikael Bridges 23, and Anthony Davis at 24. Um, We'll just go in order with our picks. So I got Giannis there. Um, I was kind of – I think at that point I was really hoping to pair Anthony Edwards with Donovan Mitchell, just have a really good guard duo that was going to be high-scoring, but got sniped, no surprises. Um, Getting Giannis there is incredible value to me, Um, even though he has the free-throw concerns, I guess. He's just too good in other areas, and that gives me – I think Giannis – I don't remember his age off the top of my head. He might be like 28. But So he's not super, super young, but he has at least five more good years left in him, and he's going to dominate basically everywhere um, except for free throws. And, I mean, at this point, who isn't punting turnovers, so who cares? Um, gives you a bit of everything except poor free throw percentage, poor threes. He doesn't really hit many threes. But I think it's just such a dominant duo that isn't super old and the fact that Giannis isn't. Battled, he's older, Mm -hmm. but getting those two off the bat, I was very happy with.
1: Yeah, that's a good pick. Let me ask you a question because there's been a lot of rhetoric about not necessarily Giannis and his free throws, but about team builds and punting and stuff like that. Uh, You know, I think a lot of times, myself included, we look at Giannis's finish last season and per game value or totals, and his free throw shooting was so abysmal that it drops him so far in the ranks. But when you're drafting a team, you know, if you take a player that's poor in free throws, you can build around that. Like you can fix that, right? You can compensate in in other categories, or draft guys that are elite in free throw percentage to kind of maybe combat that a little bit. So, I guess my question is, like, do you think Giannis could be a little bit underrated just because his finish last season was so low? If you look at it on paper, but really his impact—I mean, he's not the I forgot what he was. He was like it was something abysmal. It was like outside the. Do you remember when he finished last season? Um.
0: I'm looking at it right now. He finished 104.
1: Yeah. I mean, he gave you top, not 104th value in fantasy last year, if we're being honest. I mean, do you look at, like, do you think he's underrated in fantasy? Do you think that's, like, kind impact of impacted the way people view him this year?
0: Yeah, I know Josh Lloyd gets into this argument basically every single day on Twitter. But uh, <laughs> fantasy value and rankings and, I guess, just whatever that is, doesn't truly – show just like how good a player is, even in fantasy, even if it should, um, I feel like it gives you a general idea, but you can adapt in fantasy basketball or just like, I guess also fantasy baseball because they do categories. Well, I'm not a huge fantasy baseball guy, but any sort of category scoring fantasy league, you can adapt your team to make that player the best player in fantasy. I mean, just looking at it, you know, using basketball monster because it's incredibly helpful. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm punting free throw percentage Giannis is a top was a top 10 player in fantasy last season. And if He's you punt turnovers as well, top five, and I don't, I'm sorry. Who isn't, like I said, who isn't punting turnovers? Cause I mean, all of the top guys turn the ball over a lot. Cause they have the ball in their hands. unless, I mean, just the guys you finished in the first round last season, uh, Jimmy Butler and Jaron Jackson Jr. Were the only two that didn't average at least two turnovers per game. So, who really cares about turnovers? I mean, I don't think anybody's really worried about those. Everybody has stars that are going to turn it over. It's just, it changes so much week to week. And then free throw percentage. I mean, yeah, that's how Giannis finished this past season, but the season before, I believe he was top 10. So yeah, he finished 10th last season. Free throw percentage was really bad this past year, but for one year leagues, you know, you can either adapt and punt free throws. I mean, I know everybody knows how to punt. So You can just pair it with, for example, Zion's a horrible free throw shooter. I mean, you took Evan Mobley at 19. His percentages are kind of low. Walker Kessler is a guy. Nick Claxton. You can just pair all these guys together. And who cares if you lose free throws every single week because you're going to probably win the majority of your other categories or at least enough to win your matchup um, in a head-to-head league. And then specifically for dynasty leagues, I mean, we saw Giannis's free throw percentage dipped 8% this past season and he shot a lot more uh, or I guess not a lot more an extra attempt per game, but that's what really tanked his value for free throws. That's gonna, I mean, he could bounce back, but who knows for sure. But in dynasty, you're really looking for overall value. And I think taking that into consideration, it shouldn't drop Giannis and his value that much just because he doesn't hit free throws in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Mobley at nineteen. I know I'm higher on Mobley than other people than many other. He was nine in my past power rank, or uh, dynasty rankings. I have him at eleven when I actually published these, unless I change it. Um, getting him at nineteen, I think, is incredible value. How, how happy were you to pair him with Halliburton?
1: So happy. I mean, this is this is a guy that I think we all agree will be a a star and a good player, a good fantasy player for years to come. His skill set's great not efficiently, but he can step back He can hit the three. He's going to block shots, grab rebounds. I'm interested to see what Cleveland does moving forward with Jared Allen. It seems like they've, they've answered the call on him a little bit. I don't think it's like an imminent trade is is bound to happen, but they're obviously, you know, looking at Mobley as the long-term big man there over, over Allen. So I think Allen clearing out of the way, will just open up more opportunity for rebounds, more opportunity for just to dominate the paint, rack up more defensive stats. I will say it's funny that if you look at both of them, like Giannis and you look at Mobley, and you see they both shot the exact same field goal percentage last year, but Giannis took eight more shots a game. And they shot the, or actually Mobley had shot 67% from the free throw line, which is 3%, only 3% better than Giannis's 64%, but he only took under four free throws a game. So it's like, it just shows you like they had a very comparable season, except Giannis gave you elite value in points, elite value in rebounds, but because it was such a high volume of, of, you know, free throw attempts and, and, and shot attempts, it tanks Giannis's value a lot, a lot worse. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to get off track, but I'm very happy with, with Evan Moble. He's only 22 years old. I mean, awesome value.
0: Yeah. I mean, if Giannis wasn't so strong and got fouled every time, I'm pretty sure he would have finished top 10 this season, but that's right? literally the only way to stop him. Um, <laughs> Mobley, I think if if Jared Allen was traded before this draft, I am pretty sure I would have taken Mobley at nine. Maybe not, but I'm oh. I think he would have he should have gone first round. Just knowing the fact that he would be playing center, as soon as that happens, like it changes everything for him. Mm-hmm. I think that he automatically you're like okay, like this guy's ready to dominate fantasy basketball. Right now, he's playing power forward in a you know having two bigs that I mean, not that Mobley's like a bad shooter, like he's shown a little touch, but like he's not spacing the floor and Jared Allen certainly isn't either. So you have, and then they really didn't get much spacing from small forward position either. Um, Like when Isaac Okoro was starting, obviously Max Strews changes that Mm -hmm. a little bit, but Mobley starting at center, I think would change so much for him. And it's going to happen. Like you said, it's just a matter of time. So excellent value at 19. I think that's only going to get better.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I just, I'll throw in there. I'd like to see the, the Cavs. I know there was a report recently about Donovan Mitchell, you know, maybe when his contract's up, maybe not resigning. They knew that before they, they traded for him, but it'd be interesting to see them bring in someone like a Pascal Siakam and put him at the four, Mobley at the five. That'd be an interesting, even though Pascal isn't an efficient spacer, but he can still hit it.
0: He's a Hawk. It's happening.
1: Uh, (laughs) He's a Hawk.
0: He, he, he has to be. I'm sorry. I'm emotionally invested (laughs) <laughs> he's a hawk uh, round three and four so let's start with round three um i'll i'll probably go a couple more rounds of saying everybody because it's still early um because when we get into like pick 250 i don't think everybody cares about every single pick all right scotty barnes 25 Lori marken 26 zion 27 walker kessler 28 josh giddy 29 alpern shangun 30 bam atabayo 31 that was your pick Miles Turner at 32, De'Aaron Fox 33, John Morant 34, Dejounte Murray 35, Jalen Williams 36. I went Walker Kessler, and I think I the reason I was talking about punting free throws with Giannis is because I actually did take Kessler, and I kind of forgot I wasn't sure if I did that, but I'm not surprised that I ended up doing that. I think combining the defensive stats with of Giannis and Walker Kessler, high field goal percentage, low free throw percentage. It works out really nicely. And then Anthony Edwards also gets blocks. Obviously, you're able to do it a little bit more with a dynasty startup, kind of take punts into consideration. I feel like it's hard to do and maintain long-term. Obviously, you have to adapt to your players and your team, but that is a good start for me as far as getting plenty of scoring, rebounding, defensive numbers. I mean, Anthony Edwards doesn't shoot a low field goal percentage. I think he shot, okay, forty six percent last year so maybe it's a little lower than i thought but the other two shoot a high percentage i like my three
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's good i mean kessler i was interested coming into this dynasty mock it was my first one of the you know the new season or the off season i was really interested to see where he was going to go and uh actually was surprised he lasted to pick 28 so i thought that was great value
0: yeah i was pretty excited to get him there i have him at let's see actually i have him at 28 in my ranking so go me um, and then you took Bam at 31 and paired him with Tyrese Halliburton and Evan Mobley. So what are your thoughts on your three so far?
1: So <clears throat> I really didn't have some type of build in mind. I just kind of wanted to see you know, where the value was going to fall. I think getting Bam here is awesome. I know a lot of people are kind of down on him. He had a lot more fantasy appeal a couple years ago, but it's important to think and to look at it we know he's capable of averaging five assists per game I wouldn't say he's one of the best passing big man but in this offense things are going to be run through him whether designated handoffs he's going to be involved in the actions I think if Lowry is not there if Damian Lillard comes into town which I'm, I'm declaring that he is I think you'll see a lot of two men two man actions with Bam with with Damian I think he's going to get efficient buckets we've already seen him expand his range a little bit uh, he's not taking threes during games Um, I just think he has a lot more to grow offensively. And so obviously he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Doesn't really show in the stat sheet as much as the impact he makes in the game is, but I think he can grow offensively. And I love pairing him with Tyrese Halliburton as I just think, you you know, their playmaking ability as at their positions is is tough to beat. So um, I'm probably higher on Bam than than most people, but um, I, I like it's my guy
0: was the goal heading into this draft for you to bring hashtag key culture to your team and just make sure that you know you got guys that wanted <laughs> to get after it yes i good <laughs> i'm happy that's that's what i wanted to hear yeah um round four we had damian lillard desmond bain that's 37 38 jamal murray 39 jalen brown 40 chris sepps porzingis 41. you took Ty- Tyrese tyrese maxi at 42 and Steph went 43. Um, Amen Thompson at 44. I took Kyrie at 45. Claxton went 46. Franz Wagner went 47. Brandon Ingram at 48. Um, I think I wanted Tyrese Maxey here, and this wasn't the only time you took somebody that I wanted. Um, I'm sure we'll <laughs> get into that in the future. But uh, assuming James Harden gets traded to the Clippers, which I feel like all the focus has been on Dame over the past month. There hasn't been anybody talking about actually Harden getting traded um it's all been talked about dame so i'm assuming it's still happening but i can't imagine harden returning to philly maybe i'm totally wrong but if he's gone that maxi pick is going to be excellent
1: yeah and that's really what it was right i mean i'm just anticipating james harden being traded to I mean, most likely the clippers we will have to see who comes over in the trade because it will likely be Couple of young players, it, you know, it's going to be a haul for James Harden. So uh, that'll be really important to, to to see what happens there. But yeah, if if James Harden is gone, Tyrese Maxey going to the moon. Um, I mean, he has he's an amazing free throw shooter, really efficient from downtown. He's going to be a, a fantastic fantasy option, and he's young too. So I just love I love that pick. Um, yeah, that's just based on Harden not being in the picture.
0: Yeah, and I find it interesting because you bring up uh, young guys coming in to Philly that could compete with Maxi. James Harden chose the team with probably the least amount of trade assets Mm -hmm. as far as young guys, and said, "I really want to go there." And they're just—they simply don't have a trade package um, in order to land the James Harden. So it has to be at least a third team in there. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. Maybe it's a four-team mega deal with uh, the Heat and Blazers as well.
1: But. Maybe, and I think you got to put Terrence Mann or Terrence Mann <clears throat> in that too. I think Terrence Mann is probably their their best, I'd say, young asset uh, they could probably trade. Um, so, but it, but I mean, again, you know, if they're trading one of George or Leonard, which they wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense to get hardened. So right. it's be, yeah, be another team involved probably.
0: Yeah, and so I went Kyrie at forty five. And normally I go really young in dynasty. I've been trying this year to be more intentional about not just taking the youngest best player available and just trying to get the best value that I can. Um, and especially with this draft, I think when Amen went 44, I was kind of like, okay, Kyrie isn't young, but he's not, I mean, I think he's 30 or 31, um, kind of fits in well, you know, is really good for dynasty. If he's on the floor, he's going to be better than 45 for at least a few more seasons. Um, but when we get into future rounds, I'll, continue to just draft much older than i usually do um but i'm we'll start with kyrie and just talking about him obviously you know he can face injuries we've seen it he could face off the court controversy we've seen that so assuming he's on the floor i feel like this is a great value for him but it's just a matter of if he's on the floor
1: yeah when we saw him last season he i mean he be he flirted with 50 40 90 he was really good fantasy asset if you look at his per game value finished top 10 i believe um on the season so uh really good definitely has a few more years left he is 31 i think he'll be close to 32 by the time the season starts um but then if you look at his numbers in brooklyn and then if you look at his numbers when he was in dallas they really didn't shift that much so he's really good and we've seen it with lebron kevin durant and now luca he's really good at being productive as the second fiddle so I'm not really worried about that. I think getting him inside the top 50 is, is great. And where did you get him? Was it just inside? Was it 45? 45, Yeah. 45. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fantastic value in my opinion. Yep. And we will go to
0: rounds five and six. Um, So I'm not going to read off every pick just because I feel like it's going to add at least 10 to 15 minutes. For this, so this I do that for every time I'm gonna just call it now. So I went Jalen Brunson at 52. You took future Atlanta Hawk Pascal Siakam at 55. Um, Brunson has had obviously a huge season this past season. Um I forget, let's see where he, he finished 46. Uh, he's about to turn 27, leading team USA right now. Um, I feel like people consider, I mean, he's still like he's not young, he's right in his prime, but He's going to be the guy for New York for probably the next four seasons at least. Um, it's not Julius Randle. If they're serious about winning basketball, it's Jalen Brunson um, as we've saw the previous seasons when they didn't have him, when they didn't have a real point guard, Julius Randle was able to have a good season or two. Um, and they had that time where they were the four seed and ran to uh, Trey young and the Hawks, but no big <laughs> deal. Um, but Jalen Brunson's the guy. I don't know. I feel like getting him at 52 was again, really good value.
1: Yeah. I, that's, that's one that I'm, I'm iffy on um, it, it, redraft leagues. I'm all for it. He's, if he's going to be the guy in New York, uh, he's this playoffs, especially versus the Miami heat. It was something special watching him dissect a very calculated Miami heat team. That was awesome in dynasty. It's interesting. He'll be 27 with the start of next season um his skill set is interesting Thibodeau plays his starters heavy heavy minutes I think he played like 35 minutes a game last season he's gonna get buckets he's gonna get to the free throw line but the peripherals I mean can he average 6.2 assists per game next season Dante DiVincenzo's in town Josh Hart just re-signed there's gonna be a lot of guys when healthy in the mix there so I think he's great we've seen players when they hit like that 28 29 30 years old they start to they just completely fall off but their, their production starts to decline a little bit so i'm interested to see somebody like him gets in the paint gets to the free throw line crafty he you know he played 68 games last season which was pretty good um it'll be interesting to see how long he can hold in his prime if he can continue to put up the numbers is is 24 points a game something that he can build off of can he get to 28 points a game Maybe. I don't know. I just, that's somebody that I have questions for. I'm not hundred percent sold on him in dynasty, Um you know, inside like the top 50, but I mean, you got him at, at what pick? 52. 52. So right outside the top 50. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. I just wonder how long his prime can, can last.
0: Yeah. And that's very fair. I think uh like I was saying, I went a little older than I prefer to just because I felt like a lot of young guys were going. Um, But yeah, no, those are very valid questions. I think uh, also, Raphael Johnson just has me a little hyped on him because um, he was. I think I talked to him about the Knicks a few months ago, and he was saying that uh, he thinks that forty six is Brunson's floor for the next few seasons. I was like, really? And he's a Knicks diehard Knicks fan, knows what he's talking about. So I was like, I'll wow. roll with it. I'm, I'm gonna, wow. I'm gonna go Brunson. So I hope he didn't lead me astray. Um, but. <laughs> You took uh, you took Siakam from me. So how would you feel about going him there? Not that I was actually like really dying to get him, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I think he's he's been great in recent years. Uh, played seventy one games last season, was relatively healthy. Uh, Nick Nurse, just like Thibodeau, plays his starters heavy, heavy minutes. I mean, high thirties. That's no longer the case. If he remains in Toronto now with a new head coach, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't know how I feel about this pick. I, if I could go back, I probably would have taken somebody else, but there's one thing for sure is, is at this point with my three of my first four picks with uh, Mobley, Bam and Abayo, and now Siakam, I'm definitely punting threes because three of them, I mean, Tyrese is going to hit some threes, but, but the other guys, I'm not going to have a whole lot of threes. So, I'm you know, just trying to take value where it falls to you. I thought Pascal was good. We kind of solidify my starting unit, but, I don't know i'm kind of iffy on that now that i'm looking back on it
0: (laughs) i mean this was also i guess like a week or a week ago maybe a week ago so you know things change i mean i think siakam is going to be really good no matter whether he stays in toronto or gets traded elsewhere uh fingers crossed but he's i mean he's going to be very productive so you can't go wrong there especially when you're pairing him with some of the other guys that you have it's gonna be a productive team, but then in round six, this is this is the one that hurt because I've come away with Okongwu in every uh dynasty and redraft mock and startup I've done this summer, except for this one. You took on Yeko Okongwu at 66, and that hurt, but I think it's one really, really good value and just
1: a good pick. Mm-hmm. I love this one. This was my favorite pick of, of this draft. Um, he plays alongside Trey Young, one of the best point guards in the entire NBA throwing up lobs. I think he I think like Neko Kongwu and Clint Capella are among like the top like lob threats, or based on how many alley oops they've connected with, just because of Trey Young. He's so good at sucking in the defense and then tossing it up. So that's gonna be something that that I'm looking forward to watching. The only thing, and it's very similar to like the Tyrese Maxi pick is I was kind of banking on Clint Capella being elsewhere at the start of the season. So if that happens, this is a surefire pick. If it doesn't happen, then he's obviously going to have his value suppressed a little bit. Still think he can return top 75 value with Capella there. But, man, if if, if Clint's gone and they don't bring in somebody else, it's this is top 30. That's that's what I think his ceiling is if he gets the lion share of minutes.
0: Definitely. I mean, he was 76 this past season, played 23 minutes per game. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know I've wrote about it at some point. His numbers when he was the starter were also really good. That stat you were referencing, I think it was that Clint Capella and John Collins were like, pair, when paired with Trey Young, were the top two in Aliyubes, but Okongo was also like top 10. So it's yeah, just ridiculous. It just shows that Trey Young literally just either shoots a floater or throws a lob every single yeah. play, which is fun. Uh, but it, like you said, if Capella is gone, John Collins is already gone. Not that Okongo is going to play the four, but Okongo is going to be at least a top two pick and roll threat. Um, but if Capella's either traded or I don't know, maybe this is just me speculating, but I think that there's definitely a chance that Okongo is just the starter um, or that it's a pretty even minute split kind of like it was this past season. So I think he's going to be able to put up big numbers kind of regardless of whether Capella gets traded or not. But I think that there is a really, really good chance that Capella gets moved. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's and, great. And one just to further my last point from Pascal Siakam's talk, I'm definitely punting threes <laughs> at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> you are you are not gonna get you might get one every 10 games. Yeah, are right. Lucky. So um, but then I had to get you back by taking Jimmy Butler because he <sighs> took a convoy from me. So um, but like I said, I went. <laughs> old in this draft i mean jimmy butler gets a lot of hate for games played and has in the past but this past season i'm sure you know he played 64 games which is not bad i mean that's one less than what's going to be the qualification to get awards so not saying jimmy butler's going to take that i don't know you're you're a heat fan you tell me do you think jimmy butler's going to say "Ooh, 65 games to make all nba and be up for awards let me make sure i hit that or do you think he's going to say Oh, it's 65 games. I'm going to intentionally not hit that just to be petty.
1: Yeah. He'll, he'll probably be petty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't, that's kind of what I've been rolling with. Maybe he just, maybe he won't care. It won't affect yeah. anything. He just won't hit it just because <laughs> other reasons, but I don't know. I could also see him intentionally getting 64 again. So I think that's enough for him to return really good value considering he was top 10 in per game. Um, obviously he's, What 33, almost 34. So, not many more years of it, but I'm going old, like I said. So, hopefully, in this hypothetical league, I can win immediately.
1: One thing I'll add on Butler, and this is another, you know, rhetorical question or just something to think about. I don't know the answer to it, but as a Heat fan, you know, you look at the last couple of seasons with the Jimmy Butler area and era, and every time we've gone really far in the playoffs, there's always a little bit of a lag the following season. I know bubble that was weird because we played all the way i think it was like october or something or when we were playing in the, the finals and the season started weird and it, it was just a weird season for the entire team butler wasn't himself he missed a lot of games and then you know obviously got swept in the first round of the playoffs wasn't good and then we had the next year fantastic awesome go to the conference finals so it'll be interesting to see what happens at you know after a deep run you know will that affect their play or you know will he be able to just get some rest this off season and pick right back
0: up. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that. I mean, you went to the Eastern conference finals and then, I mean, I know it was the finals this past season, but the entire regular season was not like that. I mean, it was, uh, seven seed and then play in. So I guess the Hawks and the nuggets were the only two teams to win their series against the heat. This, that's a good (laughs) point. Um, so I don't know if we're like really calculating, I think the Hawks finished second best. I don't know. Um, but (laughs) but yeah, I mean, if they didn't, they were able to turn it on, which was obviously incredibly impressive, but it was a slow start to even this past season after a long run. So yeah, we could see something similar this season coming up. Who knows? So now we have around seven and eight and I continued to go old and I went Kawhi Leonard Ooh. at 76, which, you know, I think he played 55, 52 games this past season, which is probably more than most people expected. Um, it really, I don't know, maybe it's just me and I just don't feel like he dislikes basketball and is just there to get paid and that he wants to play games. Obviously he's dealt with his fair share of injuries and you know, it might be a few more seasons of him playing 50 to 60 games and then he's just done, which is fine, but pairing him with, you know, Kyrie. Who finished ninth and nine cat this past season? Jimmy Butler, who finished 10th, um, Giannis, who, if we're punting free throws and turnovers, like we said, top five, top ten players, just a team that I feel like is ready to win now. Mm-hmm. And that I'm just kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that I can stay at least healthy, or that it's only like one of my guys that isn't able to play by the time the fantasy playoffs roll around. I think that's kind of what I have to ask for because I'm I'm just, I mean, I'm Asking for my team to be riddled with injuries with the guys I'm drafting, so I'm just kind of keeping my fingers
1: crossed. Yeah, but you know that's an interesting point you bring up, and and I think that's how you have to approach when you draft your dynasty roster. Is I don't think you can go in with like, oh, I'm going to get the youngest team, and I'm just going to like reach for all my player. I think you just let the draft happen. You obviously have a strategy for each, but I think you you let value fall to you. And that kind of dictates what you do, right? If you win now, if you rebuild. And I think that's what you did. And I actually don't hate the Kawhi pick there. I think you're getting an elite player. Obviously, if you, you know, even if he only plays 50, 60 games (laughs) again, Um, but I'm with you. I don't, I don't get like the hate. I think he wants to play. And I think your team is built to win now, like win right now. And I think that there's no shame in that. Like, I mean, the goal is to win a championship in fantasy. Like, doesn't matter what it is. Like you're always building towards that. So if you can win now, why
0: not? Yeah. And that's, that was kind of when some teams zig, I zagged. Exactly. just went a lot older than I literally ever want to. And if it wasn't a mock, I may not have even done this because I don't want to uh, just go all in on old guys all the time, but it was a fun strategy. It's fun to draft. Um, But then you went Jeremy Sohan at 79 and I think he's going to be really, really, really good.
1: Yeah. I love him. Um, I just think he's a really good basketball player, has a really good IQ. The question that I have coming in the season for him is, will he start or will he come off the bench? If I'm Greg Popovich, I'm 100% starting Jeremy Sohan over Keldon Johnson. I just think you want Sohan's IQ and I think you want his passing, his playmaking. I think you want that with your best players. I wouldn't want him with a campaign off the bench or, you know, a, a Malachi Branham or whoever comes off the bench. I'd rather have him next to Wemby creating and, and just being that defensive stopper. So um, I love so. I think he's going to be really good. We saw a little bit of development last season, especially in his free throws when he switched to the one hand versus like the two, that was so weird, but it worked a little bit better for him. Um, so thrilled to get him here. Uh, again, I'm completely punting threes here. I don't know what in the world I'm doing with my three point <laughs> category, but um i i like that
0: pick i do too he's got a lot of upside i think it's that is going to be the question of who does start this season and as you even get further along who starts in the future i think Mm -hmm. you know Keldon johnson has it makes sense in the sense that uh he provides some spacing i think sohan's a better player i think he's better for fantasy as well um but Keldon johnson provides some spacing i imagine both still play a ton of minutes regardless of who starts or not Keldon johnson did have that interview where he said like he would be open to any role that's asked of him i guess kind of open to coming off the bench so yeah we'll see what maybe that happens maybe it doesn't i think regardless especially for dynasty sohan's an excellent pick he's gonna be really good and provide an, value in a lot of categories
1: i have a random Keldon johnson thing that i thought was interesting from writing something right. recently he had a 28% usage rate last season, but finished one sixty-fifth in per game value. That's really hard to do.
0: <laughs> he he scores and he shoots.
1: Yeah. That's and it. that's
0: it. He is a two-cap <laughs> player. Yeah. He doesn't he also just had a stretch where he just shot horribly. I don't remember when it was or how long it lasted or just how bad it was, but I remember there was like you see like a few weeks or like a month where he shot like sub forty percent from the field and just kept shooting like 20 shots a game. Like, it was insane. So when he's on and can score, he's very valuable, but he doesn't seem to have any sort of conscious when it comes to shooting. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't feel bad if he just is missing shots, he's going to keep shooting, which is fine. Shooters should do that. But right. I think if he's not really giving you value in other categories, it it really limits him. And, I mean, he's pretty much a fade for me, mm-hmm. uh, redraft or dynasty. Obviously, unless it gets to the point where it's like, okay, like this is like pick. 150 125 like okay <laughs> outside can, the top I'll, I'll, I'll take this uh yeah right like in dynasty it's like okay i'll take this 23 year old guy that's already scoring 20 points a game like okay yeah. fine i'll take him here but you know it, it that's what it is for me and then you went lebron at 90 and is he your best three point shooter
1: maybe maybe he is i think my next pick after that will probably be my my best he but might
0: be your best three point shooter to this point point no absolutely. halliburton excuse me
1: Halliburton is oh yeah or Maxi. um that's fair too <laughs> but uh I, I yeah I mean I'm happy with this I, I needed some scoring um you know the first couple of picks obviously is gonna get you around 20 a game but bam and Mobley you know they're not big scorers right now um I mean elite scorers so I wanted to get somebody that can give me 25 plus points per game upside uh just to you know be competitive in that area so I went with LeBron here um could say he has one year left, could say he has 10 years left. I don't think anybody would, would bat an eye if he had 10 years left at, at the level, <laughs> but we have seen him slow down recently. So that's something to think about, but I mean, we're almost to the top 100 right now. I'll get him at pick 90. So I don't hate it. This is where I think players start reaching for young guys. And you'll see, I even reach for a couple of young guys, uh, you know, the next couple of picks, but I think this is just me chasing value with like, lebron's a top 20 guy when he's playing i'll get that at pick 90.
0: and when's the last time lebron went pick 90 in like any draft crazy it's just crazy i know he's 38 39 probably should be going this late yeah um but it's just crazy to think that i mean a few seasons ago he probably would have been still top 10 at 34 so just interesting uh to think about you mentioned that a lot of guys may start reaching for younger guys here i think I was listening to uh, Josh and Matt kind of go through the picks talking about how, you know, sometimes teams will go young early or managers should draft younger studs early and then try and fill out, you know, more competitive players later on. I think it just depends. Like, Hmm. you know, I think, I think that's more of like, they were saying that is a strategy. I ended up doing pretty much the opposite by going win now early (laughs) and reaching for young guys later on, because I felt like I could, like I had a full starting lineup of guys that were, going To start this season, so I was like, oh, I'll take some shots on young guys eventually. Mm-hmm. Got another old guy here, uh, with Nikola Vucevic at 93. If I'm not mistaken, I he's had like one season in his career outside the top 40 and like two outside the top 30 in Nine Cat. And I know he's 33 or 34, but he does not jump like he's like Nikola Jokic, where it's like he's 28 or 29. Like Jokic could still play until he's probably 38 at this level because he's not losing any athletics. Like he's fine. So it's Mm -hmm. the same thing with Vucevic. Like it may only be four or five more seasons, four more seasons, but he's going to be really good. He may not continue to be consistently in the top 30 or 40, but he's, he's going to be good. That's kind of why I went with him here. I'm like continuing to win now.
1: No hate there. And and, I mean, he played 82 games last season. So yeah, (laughs) that was good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Not too bad. Not too bad um rounds nine and ten i went robert williams at 100 i think uh we did the dynasty 30 startup last year and i think i took him in the second round of that probably pick 50 ish um obviously his value has fallen a lot after coming off the bench last season he's going to come off the bench against this again this year i'd imagine um behind horford and porzingis that would be my guess but then Horford only has a year or two left. So Robert Williams is going to get back into the starting lineup and his value is going to go back up. When that happens, it might just be a year or two. But I have enough win now, guys, that he can kind of sit on the bench and get back to being a starter. And if I need him for blocks, obviously, he's still among the best in the league.
1: Yeah, I will mean, only be 26 early on next season. I yeah. mean, The only thing that worries me about him is his knee injuries that he's had. So, you know, but it, nobody can predict – <laughs> What'll happen? Yeah, but that's start. like the only red flag when it comes to Robert Williams for me.
0: Well, I don't need him for a season or two, so yeah. I'm sure Joe Mazzulla can just let him sit on his bench for a season or two, get those knees healthy, and then be ready to roll when I need him.
1: <laughs>
0: that, that, that's I don't know. Maybe that's my mindset. But yeah, uh, you took Casein Wallace at 103. I loved Casein Wallace coming into the draft, and I've just gone back and forth about his situation in OKC. Because at first I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. They already have two point guards uh, that are going to play above him and a bunch of other guys that can handle the ball. But then it's kind of also like, oh, he can guard smaller guys because SGA and Giddy are taller, and he can still be in a catch-and-shoot role. I've just gone back and forth. What are your thoughts on him?
1: I'm right there with you. I love him. I love his defensive ability. Um, his ability to guard the perimeter is is great as like a point-of-attack defender. And then as obviously his, his jump shooting Um, I was sold immediately after watching him hit those five threes in summer league. Um, Mm -hmm. I think playing alongside Josh Giddey playing alongside SGA now chat, I think so much attention is going to be taken away from anybody else and he's going to have a ton of good looks. Um, So I'm, I'm all in on him. It will be interesting. I think he's definitely Lou Dort's replacement. I don't think Lou Dort belongs in the rotation, frankly. I mean, he's a, Okay, defender, but he really just is so negative offensively. I would like to see Caseon Wallace take some of his minutes. But it's probably not going to happen out the gate. You know, I can see Caseon Wallace in year one, maybe flirt with like twenty minutes a game, maybe in this rotation. um So, this is somebody that that I just have a lot of excitement for for his career and what he can offer to fantasy as like a three and D kind of guy. So, um I'm happy to take him here outside the top 100. He's young. He's going to be around for a long time. And I also need some help, obviously, in the three point department. So
0: there you go. And talent wins out. So it's, you know, eventually he's, I think that there's a really good chance that he could start alongside SGA, Giddy, Jalen Williams, and Chet. That's assuming the Thunder don't like win the draft lottery three more times with all their draft picks that they have, (laughs) not from their own, but just from owning other teams' picks. Like they're still going to add a ton more first round talent lottery picks. So, they're going to be stacked, but talent wins out. Whether it's in OKC or elsewhere, case Wallace is going to be really good, in my opinion. It's something to
1: think about with with them. To your point, that's a great point you just brought up. Is they're they have a good team. If they start out really hot next season, and they you know they're top three in the West, they have a good record, things are clicking. Why wouldn't it make sense for them to make a trade at the deadline and maybe retool a little bit with some some veterans that could get them far in the playoffs? I mean, like. I mean, you have all the tools right now. I mean, if everything clicks, that could also add some more competition. I don't think they would trade Case and Wallace, but if they bring somebody in that would, you know, maybe usurp his role or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're they're in a good position if they play yeah. their cards right. They're going to be dominant for the next decade. So yes, it's a good time to be an OKC fan. Um, heading into the next round, you took Chris Middleton at 114. Just getting a little bit more three point shooting there.
1: Yep, that's what that is. Uh, 20 points a game, three point shooting. We know what we're going to get from him. It's not really a, a surprise.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure his, his value kind of tailed off a little bit after missing most of the last season and really struggling with the knee injury or just struggling to play when he was on the court. So could be a really nice bounce back for him, uh, which would be great value at 114. Uh, I went Emmanuel quickly. Uh, I guess I got the Jalen Brunson handcuff. Maybe, I guess so. I guess mm-hmm. that's, I don't know. Uh, quickly <laughs> is going to be... Really, really good when he finally gets a chance to start. The Knicks finally have a point guard that's worthy of starting over him. So hopefully he can eventually be a starter, whether it's in New York or elsewhere. Um, really, really good talent. I'm happy to get him at 117.
1: Yeah, I, I had my eye on him. I remember this. I I didn't draft him. He was he was in my queue, and I thought he could probably make it around 11 for me. And you you kind of snipe me there, so I guess it's like payback. But sure, I, I do yeah. I, this is a great pick. Yeah.
0: And round eleven, I went AJ Griffin. Hawks bias a little bit, but he's going to be really, really good. He fits well alongside Trey Young. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more in the next round because you took DeAndre Hunter, but I think AJ Griffin. You know, if Hunter gets traded this season. Griffin could end up being the starter at small forward this year, or within the next year or two. Um, excellent three point shooter, he handles it well, can create his own shot, and is a good like has defensive upside. So I think he fits well as a three and guy. It's just waiting on it to happen.
1: Griffin's good. This was another snipe from you. So uh, it was two rounds in a row now.
0: I think you lied to me. I don't think you're a Heat fan. You have to be a Hawks fan. You have <laughs> tried to draft him. every Hawks been. player. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you went Kevin Porter Jr. Um, what do you think about getting him there after they brought in Fred VanVleet and mean, I mean, obviously, you're not getting him here or anywhere close to here um, four or five months ago before they bring in multiple point guard options. So the talent's there. What do you think about getting him at 127?
1: I like it. Uh, You know, he had a a pretty good season last year for fantasy purposes. He fixed a lot of the things that kind of curtailed his value in in years past. He was he was solid. I know when you think about Kevin Porter, a lot of things come to mind like turnovers, inefficiency, just being on a bad team, jacking up shots. It was really good. He had a really good, nice fantasy season. I don't think he's going to start. Obviously, he's not going to start in front of Fred VanVleet. There could be injuries. I know you never want to draft thinking about injuries. There could be injuries. He could get playing time. Nobody knows what, you know, Ime yudoka is going to do with this lineup. It is a brand-new system, a brand-new coach, so anything could happen. I just like him as an asset long-term. I think he's going to, whether it's the, the Rockets or whether it's another team, I think he'll latch on and, and be a serviceable asset. So um, I just like Kevin Porter Jr. That's kind of more what that was about and like his skill set. Yeah, I mean,
0: we talked about letting value come to you, but when you want to get your guys, you sometimes just need a reach, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And then you went and got another Atlanta Hawk uh, at 138 with DeAndre Hunter. Uh, what do you think about him?
1: This is another one of those picks where you're kind of like, eh, I don't really know how I feel about it in hindsight. <sighs> I like DeAndre Hunter as a player. I think he – I still believe in him. I still believe he could put it together and provide more than just – scoring in fantasy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm looking at my team at this point. I'm like, I'm freaking out now because I don't have a ton of three point shooting. I think Hunter's going to get minutes. He's going to start. Uh, that's kind of my mindset behind that, that pick. Um, but I will say, I, I do believe in Deandre Hunter. I know a lot of people have given up on him and kind of in fantasy are kind of like, ah, eh, he's not going to be the all around player that he, you know, we thought he was going to be. I still believe that ceiling is there. Um, So I'm happy to take him in round 12 and just take a little gamble on him, you know? So uh, I know you were probably upset at that.
0: No, actually, I, (laughs) I think Deandre Hunter is a, uh, a good player and he, but I just do not like him at all for fantasy just because he's a, I think he's a good defender. Like having watched him, like he is a good defender. He just doesn't get steals or blocks. And he's a, he can, hit mid range shots. He's not a great finisher, not a great creator. Like he's a good basketball player. I just don't really mm. like him for fantasy. So that was fine with me. Um, I went Spencer Dinwiddie here and I'll tell you what happened is I put like seven or eight guys in my queue and just started scrolling on my phone. And then it got to be my pick. And I was like, wait a minute, Trey Jones, Gary Trent Jr. Keldon Johnson, Grady Dick, Kevin Herter are all gone. Like they literally went like all the picks right before me. So I realized I was on the clock and it ended up auto-drafting. Josh oh. usually says something about it, but he yeah. just kind of rolled with it. He was probably like, this is ridiculous. It's, we're already doing 300 picks. Oh, well, it's one auto-draft. So he probably just rolled with it, or if maybe he didn't notice. But <laughs> it is what it is. It's a mock. No big deal. Spencer Dinwiddie get, like getting him at 141. He's going to give you good assists, which is kind of hard to find this late. So that's fine. Um, but that's what happened. I didn't actually pick Spencer Dinwiddie. So there's no real analysis for me here because,
1: <laughs> I don't know, it's just kind of yeah. fan
0: tracks. So Cool uh rounds 13 and 14. uh i finally got a hawk before you took him uh kobe buffkin at 148. um i started going rookies here and young guys just because i already have so many old guys i wanted some young guys that would have a couple years to develop before they even had to play for me um kobe buffkin may never start in atlanta just because trey young's there dejounte murray's there uh, but it could be elsewhere and obviously things change really quickly um for example, Hawks continue to make the play-in and maybe make it to the first round. I mean, we're actually play-in Warriors. We've never lost a play-in game, so we'll <laughs> win the play-in game and then lose in the first round. And then after, say, two or three more seasons, Trey Young says, all right, I've had enough. Or the team says, all right, we've had enough. That opens the door. I mean, if we, I like Kobe Bufkins as a talent, so maybe in three – I mean, I'm not hoping for that as a Hawks fan, but – I like him as a talent, and maybe it happens.
1: Yeah, good pick. But you also, with this pick, you also – I don't want to say you like started the trend, but uh, I saw that, and then I'm thinking kind of the same thing that you're thinking at this point. I'm like, I have some older guys, and I I know I drafted and Wallace a couple of rounds prior, but I'm like, I need to start getting some – I mean, I have LeBron. I mean, I have like some older guys, Chris Middleton. I need to start going young. And so I think you might have started with me, and then if you look at the next couple of picks after me and even going into round – Let's say it was like fourteen. Um, some young guys start going, and I, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, you went
0: Leonard Miller, one fifty-one. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like I keep mixing this up. He was he went in the second round, right?
1: Like beginning of the second round, which yeah. everybody thought was crazy. Definitely. Um, and then he played in summer league and looked phenomenal in his limited time. And and I think, like, I I don't think he's going to be relevant fantasy day one. He's obviously buried in the depth chart. There's so many forwards there in Minnesota. It'll, I don't really know why he fell. I think they just probably took him because mm-hmm. he was there, and like I mean, there's right. not a massive need for them right now. But uh, this is just a long-term play uh, for me. I'm happy to take somebody with his talent, see what the situation happens, see see if Carl Anthony Towns does get traded sometime in the near future. What happens with that? Is Leonard Miller involved in the trade? I don't know. So uh, he's worth the lottery ticket for me. Yeah, I mean,
0: like I said, talent wins out. If you believe in a guy, go get him. Don't worry about situation, um, especially at this point where you're kind of like, I can, you know, reach on guys a little bit. Um, even if I wouldn't call that one specifically a reach, but I'm saying go get your Maybe guys, um, but go get your guys. So yeah. you did that the next round too, getting Trace Jackson Davis. I like him a lot. I think that he landed in a really good spot. I love the fact that he tweeted on draft night that people were going to regret passing on him. Um <laughs> What did you think about getting him at 162?
1: I think this was my worst pick of the draft. <laughs> uh, not, not seriously, not because of like, I don't believe in him or I don't think he's a good prospect. I just thought it was a reach and I thought it was people started drafting young guys and I just kind of panicked and was like, Oh, I need to get some young guys. I mean, we, I mean, I'm looking at all the guys that are available and most of them at this point are like a little older. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, like Josh Richardson's and, you know, Gabe Vincent's are still on the board. So I'm just like, looking at this. I'm like, I need young guys. He probably would have been there for me a round or two later. It was a little bit of a reach in my opinion, but again, you know, we'll put him on the bench. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like his talent. I would probably agree. It's just late second round guy going 162, Yeah, but go get your guy. Um, I went Nasri, just got a new contract. No path to starting now, but like you said, Cat could get traded. Rudy Gobert, who knows? I would imagine he's more likely to stay than Cat, but there's a path for minutes there, and if either of them misses games, Nasri is a starter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's going to play a lot of minutes regardless. I was happy to get him at 165.
1: Yeah, I, I like Nasri. Nazri's a good, good player.
0: Yeah, and then I went and took a Heat guy at 172, Jamie Jacquez. Uh, am I pronouncing that
1: right? I think it's like Jaime, Jaime Jaquez, okay. Jacques Jacquez, or something like that. I probably would yeah, drink okay. it
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I took a Heat guy, hashtag Heat culture at 172. Um, I think my reasoning is that he looked pretty good in the summer league that I watched. And people were saying he fit Heat culture really well. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of banking on the fact that he's going to fit the culture well enough to – See a lot of minutes, especially if they mm-hmm. need to make a trade for Dame and they just don't have many assets left. Um, I don't know. I think that they haven't made a ton. I mean, the first round picks that they've made or lottery picks that they've made over the past, um, what is it, like seven seasons are mm-hmm. like Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, and um, Justice Winslow. I I was trying to do before just or since past Justice Winslow. There was I think there was one other yeah because obviously that one didn't work out quite as well. uh, I'm trying to skew the stats to favor me. Um, (laughs) That's what you have to do. Yeah, Uh, there's somebody somebody else I think that they drafted in there that was um, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm hoping that the fact they actually have draft capital instead of just having to take undrafted guys and make them into starters, they can take a first round talent and make them into a really good starter. So we'll see.
1: I think that was the plan uh, for Miami. I think that Miami all along believes they're going to get Damian Lillard and they're probably going to have to gut a lot of their depth. And I think taking somebody like, I'll say Jaime, uh, that's safe, I think that's how you pronounce it. I think he, you're right. He's a he's a ready, like day one kind of guy that I think can come in and give you something. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's involved in a trade though. I, I don't think like Miami would like kill the trade over keeping him. Um, right. But I'd be shocked if he stayed, if the trade does happen.
0: Yeah. And the other first round picks I'm looking at are Precious Achua, who is solid, and Nikola who obviously hasn't really got to play yet. So maybe Mm -hmm. it's not as good as I'm thinking it is, but yeah, Yeah. we'll see. Um, Cool. And then you went Jonas Valanciutis at 175. I think, I mean, (laughs) he helps you with rebounds right Mm -hmm. now at 175. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thinking there is I know Zion like was not healthy for most of the season. And when Zion plays, Jonas's numbers completely decline or at least they're not as valuable as they are. Uh, this is just at this point in the draft, you know, I'm looking at my team. I want like a true center, you know, whatever you think about Mobley, Bam to bio, I just want a guy that can get me rebounds that is going to get minutes. He's going to play uh, obviously betting on Zion's health is not a surefire thing. So i'm okay taking him at this point in the draft
0: yeah and then you went colin sexton at 186 in round 16. uh he had a lot of hype heading into this past season i feel like him and laurie markinen were both going you know probably in the the 80s or 70s uh last season and now he's going at 186 and markinen's a first or second round guy so there's certainly the chance that sexton's adp rises a ton by next season
1: yeah, I'll be the first guy to tell you like I don't I'm not like a sexton truther, like somebody who's gonna you know pound the drum for him., uh, but he, he won't even be twenty five at the start of next season. He doesn't have a massive fantasy skill set. like he's he's gonna shoot the ball efficiently. He'll, he'll you know he'll shoot from the line efficiently. He can get you fifteen points a night. That's about it. He's not gonna do anything defensively. and he has Keontae George breathing down his neck now there in Utah. so, this isn't like something that I'm like stoked about where I'm team Colin Sexton and fantasy, you you know, shouting from the rooftops. But I think at this point in the draft, I mean, this is a valuable guy who is going to play, going to get minutes, whether it's in Utah or whether it's somewhere else, I think he's going to play and he's solid when he does play.
0: Yeah. I mean, finding that much scoring this late is pretty hard to do. So can't go wrong there. Uh, I went jet Howard at 189 i didn't love jet howard coming out of college i felt like all he could really do was hit threes which threes are important orlando lacks shooting so maybe that can get him on the floor early to me it was this is a guy that went in the lottery and i have no problem taking him at 189 i'm pretty sure every other lottery pick had gone at this point so i was like i'll just kind of take the last one he went at 11 probably a little earlier than he should have been but other rookies are going, so, heck, I'll just take a stab on a guy that was a really talented scorer in college, especially early on, and just hope that he can uh, pan out. I mean, we'll see. We'll take a shot. That's kind of my thought.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see in Orlando, especially with all the depth they have in the backcourt, Definitely. or excuse me, front frontcourt and backcourt. Um, now, after adding people through the draft and Franz Wagner, Pa Paolo, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens and see what his role even is. But, again, round 16, you, you can put a guy on the back of your bench and see what happens.
0: Definitely. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my thought process there. Um, I'm going to quickly, in order to not take up too much more of your time, um, since we've already been going over an hour, I'm going to quickly just say the rest of our picks, and I want you to, if there's any of those that you really loved or really hated – Tell me, uh, round 17, you went Corey, no, I went Corey Kispert at 196, you went Karis LeVert at 199, and then you went Davion Mitchell at 210, I went Malcolm Brogdon at 213, and then I went Derek Whitehead at 220, you went Dominic Barlow at 223, then you went Josh Richardson at 234, I went Jalen McDaniels at 237, then I went Chris Murray at 244, you went Julian Champagne, Champ- Champagne-y. Champagne. I just want to say, okay. I just want to say champagne, and yeah. I know it's wrong, but it's just I want to say it. Um, and then you went Terrence Mann at two fifty eight. I went Javon Carter two sixty one. I went Jordan Walsh two sixty eight. You went Kai Jones two seventy one. And then you went EJ Liddell at two eighty two. And I went Jalen Wilson at two eighty five. And then we wrapped it up by I went Lester Quinones at two ninety two. And you went City Sissoko at two ninety five. What picks? Was there one that you really liked or one that you didn't <laughs>
1: like or The last three, I'm not a huge fan of that. That at that point, after twenty what five rounds and sitting there and trying to figure out who's still there, and that's my brain was not working right. Um, One that I do like, I'll pull them up. So I I will highlight. I know we talked about Sexton. I like the Sexton and Lavert picks back to back. Um, I just think, and Matt Lawson has said this a lot. If you listen to him, but it's very hard to find scoring. As you get deeper into a dynasty draft, and especially in rounds 18, or excuse me, in 16, 17, I believe, to get two guys that will provide a little bit of scoring. I thought That was really big. Um, but one guy, pull it up. Oh, <clears throat> this is not, I'm not going to call him a sleeper this season for me. Josh Richardson. I know he was on the Heat a couple of seasons ago. We drafted him. He was supposed to be like our future. We flipped him into Jimmy Butler in that deal, and then completely kind of fell off you know, San Antonio, New Orleans, he's on all kinds of other teams. I'm going to say this one time. I really, and this is what I worry about, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. The Heat have such a good system, I'll say, where they just, they play to players' strengths and they kind of hide their weaknesses, so to say. So players look a lot better with the Heat. And that's why when they go to other teams, they kind of just like, eh, whatever. They're not as good. And so that's what worries me about, like, Gabe Vincent getting a good contract, Max Struess getting a good contract. I would not be surprised If either of those two players don't play as good as they played in Miami, that said, Josh Richardson was our number one option on offense in like 2016, 17 and 18. He could go out there and get you 27, 30 points a night. If he had to, he is a very good on ball defender. I think this is a sneaky guy in fantasy. If the heat do gut their roster for Dane, they're probably keeping him, him back in the heat system with familiarity playing alongside Bam again. I love this in round 20. He's not even old. I don't have, his age right off the top of my head. He's 29. So, I mean, he's, he's not like a young guy, but I think he can be a pesky, solid, get you 10 to 12 points a game, get you a steal, a couple of assists. I think he's a solid sneaky guy. So to get him around 20, um, I was really happy with that. Uh, and especially get him right after Russell Westbrook too. That, that also made me happy, but I'll, yeah. I'll, end my rant. That's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I, I get it, just going off
0: about a, a guy in your team. I've uh, I've done that a couple times. I do that, so I get it. I'm,
1: I get it. So, yes, but it's a mock draft. It's not even a real team. These guys are on my team.
0: <laughs> but it just means so much more, or at least yeah. just equally as much in the mock draft as it does in a regular draft for some reason. I don't know why we're like yeah. that, but that's just the way we do. Um, yeah, definitely 45 seconds a pick going 25 rounds, 300 picks. It gets taxing, especially towards the end. I'm just looking for guys that I at least have heard of or at least know their names. <laughs> um, not that, I, you know, 300 deep isn't that bad, but I went Lester Quinones uh, at 292 literally because people said, oh, he's kind of playing like Jordan Poole right after Jordan Poole got traded. I'm like, huh, undraft a guy that spent last season in the G League? That's what Jordan Poole did. What if he ends up being Jordan Poole? And now oh. I've ended up getting him in a late round of every dynasty startup I've done, which is like three, but still just trying to get him later on. I have no idea if that's going to work out, but
1: (laughs) fingers crossed. he's a two-way player for me. He's only only 22 years old, 6'5". You know, it's not, you know, it's not a bad strategy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there was guys that I could have taken instead um, that are more guaranteed, but are just like a little older. Um, I mean, looking at it, Luke Kennard went 297, Tim Hardaway went 296. So... I'll just take the upside swing, even if there were guys that are pretty productive, but it's just so interesting, I find, and we'll kind of use this to wrap up. It's like, if you look at the last few rounds of a dynasty draft, like you're looking at guys that you may have not really heard of or only heard of one time going like in between guys that could start this season. Mm-hmm. And I just find it just, you know, it depends on what the team does. I mean, I think I saw, what was it? Maybe it was even further. Oops, I went the wrong way. Um, Alexander Vesenkoff went at 203. Like Kelly Oubre, who's averaged 20 points per game, went <laughs> a pick four, pick before. And that's not even a knock on taking Vesenkoff, but it just like depends on what you're going for at that point. Are you looking for a guy that's gonna play or are you looking for an mm-hmm. upside swing? Like actually, I'm looking at this the pick after you went, Davion Mitchell. How do you pronounce that? J Michich.
1: I can't confidently
0: tell you who he plays for at 211. And then like I went Malcolm Brogdon at 213. And again, that's not me saying, oh, that was a bad pick. Brogdon was a good pick. It's just – it's crazy when you get to the end of uh, dynasty startups, dynasty drafts, where it's like some guys are grabbing starting caliber players that could see 25 minutes a game this season but are just like a little older. And some guys are getting upside swings of two-way guys that are – I mean, um, there's the guy – borovich for Memphis who's I believe on a Euro stash isn't even going to play this season. And like I got him at a dynasty startup and mm-hmm. like probably right before or after somebody took a rotational piece. So it's just, it's always fun to see the end of drafts.
1: Yeah. And to your point, Michich, you talked about, he's 29 years old. He was drafted in 2014 by the Sixers and he's now, I think eligible to come over, yes. but he's, he's on the thunder. But he's 29. Like I, you know, I don't know. I will say, um, I loved your pick in round 24, Jalen Wilson. I know he's a little older, um, and he might not get a ton of burn. He's an older rookie, 22 years old. I just think he's a good player. He played really good in summer league and, you know, alongside Claxon, they need somebody that can space the floor a little bit. So depending on what happens there in Brooklyn, I could see him maybe getting a little bit of run to start the season. And then I got to give it up for Matt Lawson. The last pick in the draft Hunter Tyson at pick 300 he he might get minutes now because of the injury to Concar, or is that how you say it? Yep. Kinkar. I think something like that. Yeah. I mean, you got him, you got Peyton Watson in the mix now. They're, they're probably gonna see minutes by default because I mean the Nuggets lost a lot of depth and you know, Bruce Brown leaving, Jeff Green leaving. So to get him at pick 300, I know he's a little older. I think he's like 22 years old. I think he's actually he's actually 23. Um, but that's a that's a really good pick. That's probably the best pick of the draft in my opinion. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, no surprise. Right. No surprise Matt was able to do that. Um, with Wilson, that was kind of my thing is like he was successful in college. He was successful in summer league. I'm just gonna take a stab on him being successful in the NBA, not saying he's gonna, you know, do what he did in college, average 20 a game and win a championship is like the main guy, but I think that it's you know, even if it's not the most traditional path, you've seen a guy have success in multiple places. I think that there's a chance that it continues, even if it's not you know, doesn't project as a guy that will, or the most traditional like super athlete that projects to be a really going to be a player. I'm just, I'm just taking a chance on uh non analytical things, which sometimes is fun to do.
1: Mm-hmm. That's kind of does it thought. really make, does it make a ton of sense for the Nets right now to like have Dorian Finney Smith, Royce O'Neal on the roster. I, like, I mean, what are they going to do? I just think they're going to have to decide on what direction they're going to go in with uh, a Bridges with the Cam Johnson are they going to tool up and win now, or are they going to kind of rebuild this thing and and, and kind of cash in some of the, because I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith and, and Royce O'Neal, I and mean, those are two 3D guys who I think could provide a lot of value to a contending team right now. Um, but yeah, I, I like that thing. That was, that was also another snipe, by the way.
0: <laughs> well, apologies for that. Um, but we've gone through our picks, at least. I mean, obviously this is, we're at about a little over an hour and 15 at this point. So probably about over an hour of that was spent on just our picks or for mo- mostly our picks of 300, uh, 300 picks, 25 rounds. Obviously we could go three hours and discuss a lot more. There's so much to discuss about, but I want to get to bed before midnight. So we're not going to do that. Um, but before we go, Alex, if you were, if you know, someone was asking you about how to get started in, either some sort of content creation, writing, podcasting. I want to make threads on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Um, That's what I want to do. What advice do you have for me? How would you answer that?
1: I would say just start, just start putting out content. If you don't write for a site or you don't have the opportunity to do that right now, make a a website. I know you have a, uh, what is the website that you have? A sub stack? A sub stack. Make a it sub stack. It's free. I have a sub stack. I don't charge any money to subscribe to it, to start pumping out content. The more stuff that you do, the more comfortable you'll get. And I'd also say as opportunities come in, just say yes. If somebody wants to put you, in a, pull you on the podcast, say yes. If somebody wants to put you on radio, just say yes. Say yes to as much stuff as you can. Jumping into a mock draft, being a part of anything, just do it. Um, that's probably the best way that that I would if I could go back and start over again.
0: Definitely. I I think also I can't speak to everything, but in the fantasy basketball space, everybody is incredibly supportive Mm -hmm. of, you know, trying to spread other people's work. I don't know if it's this way, if you're like trying to do fantasy football or other things, but like, if you look at, you know, some of the bigger names in fantasy, they're all having, like they have no problem talking to somebody with like barely any followers Mm -hmm. saying, oh, hey, I want to get into this. No problem giving Mm -hmm. advice or helping, I mean, specifically for dynasty, Matt Lawson, I I know I reached out to him and said, Hey, I'm looking to create Dynasty content. He got me plugged in with other dynasty creators. And Mm -hmm. even since then, there's been a bunch of guys that have just started off saying, Hey, I want to do this and that he has no problem sharing their work. I am very intentional about trying to retweet anytime I see anybody's Mm -hmm. work, just to try and help people get their name out there because a lot of people do a lot of really good work. And like you said, just getting started, putting your name out there, you, who knows where it could end up for mm-hmm. you. So start- just be
1: consistent. Yeah, there's all such good stuff. Just be consistent. And I would say to try with every tweet that you put out, every thread, everything, it's really easy to get in that mindset of like, oh, is this going to like go viral? Will People like this, like get like, you know, like get buzz up just with every tweet, ask yourself, like, does this provide value? Will somebody be a better fantasy player based on this tweet or this content? Like what is this doing? And I think just looking at it through that lens, I think that's, that's the way to do it.
0: Absolutely. And before we go, what work do you have coming up? I know we're about two and a half months until the regular season starts because they just announced today that it'll be, I believe Lakers nuggets and Suns, warriors on opening night should be super fun. Uh, But what work do you have coming up until then?
1: Oh man, we have a a full off season calendar. We've actually been putting out a lot of content, a lot of written stuff, um, articles and and pieces and stuff over at Roto Baller. Uh, Thunder Dan uh, and I have been turning out some content. Uh, so have some other awesome writers over at Roto Baller, um, and then we're just gonna keep doing that, putting out content as we get closer to draft season. We'll do some drafts, some mock drafts. Um, and just more, more content. I mean, there's, there's so much stuff that you can talk about with fantasy that's, (laughs) but all of it, it makes no sense until you get closer and you have a little bit of a, an ADP idea and things like that.
0: Yeah. I guess this is kind of always the dead period a little bit, but it's awful. even even the dead period, it's like, you can always just pop out content. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, just make some stuff up like, Oh, like I think these X amount of players are going to do this and you know, you can always find more stuff to do which is what you know I've been doing. I think a lot of people have been doing during this quote unquote dead period. Um, so definitely. I found,
1: I found it, what you said. I, I found that like this time of the off season right now is like a lot of people pull back, obviously. Um, this is where you really can pick up a lot of like people that follow you for your work. You know, it's, there's a really nice opportunity right now in this space to kind of just pick up a little following and just be consistent, put out some stuff. So I would recommend like go for it now.
0: Yeah. And, you know, even the dead space for everybody else, I noticed the dynasty podcast pretty much only or generally talk about dynasty here. Um, this is a great time for dynasty. I mean, summer league just wrapped up, you know, the draft to almost about a month and a half ago now. So everybody's trying to make predictions for this upcoming season, how guys entire careers are going to go. It's, even if, you know, we're still two and a half months away from the regular season can always produce dynasty content because it just applies for whenever. Um, but that's going to do it. Um, Alex, thank you so much for joining me and taking your time to do this as we broke down uh, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Mock, 300 picks deep. Thank you also to Josh Lloyd and Matt Lawson for hosting that show and the draft to allow us to do this, allow us to do some content. But Alex, uh, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you so much, man. I really enjoyed chatting with you and uh, love your work. Keep it up. And uh, hopefully we get back on here doing some some fun content someday soon.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And that is going to do it for episode 18 of the Take Me Later podcast.